It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, dear listeners, to another great episode of Reconsider, part of the Agora Podcast Network where we don't do the thinking for you. Today, we're going to break our usual tradition and mostly talk about Game of Thrones, but for a very good reason. But first, we actually have two exciting announcements. This is not an ad, so don't skip it. Uh, This is actually, we're actually going to be talking about two ways that you can get more reconsider in your lives. So the first one is an app called Flick Chat. So this is, you're definitely going to need to go to the website for this one at reconsidermedia.com. Go to this this episode link and you can click the link that's in the episode for FlickChat. What FlickChat is, is an app on your phone that allows you to join a group that is all about reconsider. And if you listen to a bunch of other Agora shows, they're all going to have Flick apps too, because we got super hooked up with this one. So with Flick, the entire kind of group of people that want to join, including me and Xander, we're going to be on there, of course, is going to be on a group where we can talk about, you know, the previous episode or whatever we want to talk about. And so over the next two weeks, the topic is going to be Game of Thrones and the various hype media around Game of Thrones. And or we can just talk about weird Game of Thrones fan theories that we want to talk about. But in addition to that, over time, what we're going to be doing is adding exclusive content for the group. We're going to be soliciting a lot of like feedback and polls to give you guys more episodes that you want. So head over to reconsidermedia.com, find the link for the show and click the Flick Chat link. We would love to have you in the group. We'd love to hear more from you and be able to talk to you live. All right. And second, Eric and I will be talking at the Intelligent Speech Conference, also hosted by the Agora Podcast Network. A lot of your favorite Agora podcasters are going to be there, including Eric and myself, David Crowther of the History of England. Who I highly recommend if you've not listened to History of England, you've got to do it. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Ben Jacobs of Wittenberg to Westphalia is also going to be there. There's a whole list. We'll have that up on our website, but come check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and maybe I forgot to mention, but Mike Duncan... Yeah, the, you, yeah. The actual reason that you're actually going to come. Let's just be clear: who's going to schlep themselves out to New York for little us, huh? Nobody. But are you going to come for Mike Duncan? Heck, yes, you are. You're absolutely going to come for Mike Duncan. So it's going to run from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Norwood Club, which is on 14th Street and 8th Avenue in New York. Again, June 29th. It's going to be a whole series of talks, of panels, and at the end, if you pay the 
extra for dinner, you get to join us, your dear podcasters, for dinner. So we're going to be there. You get to hang out with us. And Mike Duncan, who I, you know, I get to go to dinner with Mike Duncan. Lucky me. You can be that lucky, too. You can join us at the Norwood for the Intelligent Speech Conference on June 29th. We have a link in the show, but if you just want to go there, it's intelligentspeechconference.com. Go sign up now. And we'll see you there. Yeah. So, so today's show, Eric, what are we talking yeah. about? We're talking about Game of Thrones, everyone's favorite thing, the best show since Parks and Rec, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I'll buy that. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones today, specifically because we want to use this as an opportunity to talk about how incentives for media to hype up a story well beyond the facts can cause a total downward spiral of bullshit and talk about how we get sucked into that downward spiral of bullshit, including me. So we're talking about how I got sucked into the bullshit. Now, of course, there are tons of spoilers coming, right? So we're going to be covering everything through season eight, episode three, yeah. which aired on April 28th. Yes. So if you haven't seen that yet, you know, make sure you go see it before continuing. Ready? Okay. Go. go. Everyone here has now seen episode three of season eight. So the Night King. Who is he really? Who is he really? They never told us what's going on. Who's the Night King? Yeah, I mean, if if you wanted to try to figure it out, you could just go Google and you'll get all of these sorts of uh, media hype outlets asking the same question, but just in different clickbaity sorts of ways. So, for example, some titles, if you just search who is Night King, you might get something like 17 reasons the Night King is definitely a Stark. Who is the Night King? The White Walker's leader could be one of these four people. And this list included Jon Snow. Is the Night King Rhaegar Targaryen? All of these articles came out before the airing of episode three, season eight. So the question is, why are we talking about this? How did how did I get wrapped up in this? Well, I love Game of Thrones. Actually, what I really love is the Song of Ice and Fire books, which are way better than the show. But of course, George R. R. Martin seems to have just given up on life or at least on writing because he's making way more money just sitting there telling the showrunners what to do. Whatever. You know, funny but, story. I looked into this. He's actually writing a bunch of stuff. It's just not the Game of Thrones series. Yeah, I know. He wrote a cookbook <laughs> and he wrote the history of Westeros and all sorts of fine things that I've read. And and like, you know, he's editing short stories now. It's all very good stuff, but it's not freaking seventh book so sixth book sixth, sixth book. book jesus yeah god so of course things kept getting spoiled i was like all right i gotta watch the show now and so i started watching the show and it's it's good right so anyway I, because i want i want to see the story continue i've been watching the show and because i watched the show and because i'm really into fan theories and i've been into fan theories since since the you know since early in the books where you know we figured out together on reddit pretty early it's like oh okay Jon Snow is actually Rhaegar Targaryen's son and all sorts of good stuff that you know got got like shockingly revealed later and I was like yep yep we knew that already so I'm I'm actually big into the fan theories some of them are stupid but what started <laughs> happening is is as the show took off it it got past reddit it started getting into like the the like pop culture news all these fan theories and I'm pretty sure that the pop culture news is like oh we can make money on this and they just steal stuff off of reddit and tumblr and then and then post it as if it was their own because the Reddit people don't copyright it. But anyway, so my news feed has a ton of Game of Thrones fan theory stuff now coming up on it. 
And the fan theory stuff that I started seeing pop up was, ooh, maybe the Night King is Rhaegar Targaryen. Maybe the Night King is Jon Snow. Maybe the Night King is Bran Stark. Maybe the Night King is somehow the Three-Eyed Raven. And I was like, this is absolute poppycock. What are you talking about? And I was I was so cranky that anyone would write such a dumb article that I was like, what? I, I, I was like, I have to know. What are they possibly going on about? What possible evidence do they have to, to make, make this question interesting? So I started clicking and reading it. Now, Eric, for those of us not born in Victorian England, what does poppycock mean? Bullshit. <laughs> I just wanted to That's clarify that. Absolute poppycock. Yeah. Yeah, the Night King was... We know who the Night King is. He was very clearly re- revealed as some random person of the First Men who were captured by the Children of the Forest and turned into the Night King with some sort of weird ri- ritual. This was a long, long time ago, both in terms of like the storyline of Game of Thrones, thousands of years. But I mean, this was back in season five, and we there was a flashback that Bran slash the Three Eyed Raven. Eric, I forget if the Three Eyed Raven was Bran at that point, but. There was a flashback. I don't remember and, at this point either, yeah. yeah. But we we saw one of the children of the forests stab some old guy from thousands of years ago with dragon glass, right? Obsidian. Yeah, yeah. And he became, which, I mean, that's another thing I don't get yet, and maybe that'll be revealed by the thing Whatever. kills and creates. But the point is, it, it wasn't someone from, like, Robert's Rebellion 20 years ago. It was thousands of years ago right there laid out for us, right? So clearly not Rhaegar Targaryen, who did get his chest smashed in, during Robert's Rebellion at the Blackwater, which was, you know, the same battle where Jamie Lannister got his name Kingslayer, right? Yep. Um, clearly not Jon Snow or Bran Stark, because they're also not thousands of years old. Maybe it could be a Stark ancestor, maybe, but that's that's not really the point. The point is it's not one of these characters who's currently alive in the storyline today. Right. So what we're talking about is it's the, like, you know, it's the Bill O'Reilly, oh, I'm just asking a question problem of there is something that is easily answered. All the evidence is right there laid out for us. It's very clear exactly who the Night King is with as much precision as we need. It's rando dude who invaded, you know, who's part of the first men invading Westeros before the Andals and the children of the forest turn him in the Night King, presumably to fight other first men. Right. Like we know who this guy is. And yet all these stupid articles popped up saying, who is he? Who is he? So I'm reading this stuff. I'm clicking this stuff because I'm incredulous. And I keep reading it because I am incredulous. And then I complain about it to all my friends. And it's actually my dear girlfriend who's like, maybe you should stop complaining to me and complain to someone else. So I decided to make a podcast episode about it. (laughs) Complain to all of you. But because I was so incredulous that anyone would write one of these articles, much less dozens of them. And of course, then what happens, right? So we have all these articles that are just asking a question about an easily falsifiable theory. And then in episode three, the Night King is killed by Arya. In a, in, I, by the way, I support Arya having killed the Night King. I think it's cool. I think it fits kind of the prophecies and all that stuff. It was well set up. But, but then the Night King's gone. It's just over. There was no moment of like, by the way, the guy doesn't talk. But there was no moment of like, ah, yes, I am in fact Rhaegar Targaryen here to kill everyone because I died. Like, no, that no, he's just the Night King. It's just who he is. It's sort of like, who's the Three-Eyed Raven? He's the Three-Eyed Raven. Who is the Lord of Light? Well, he's the Lord of Light. That's just who he is. Deal with it. So then he dies. And now all of a sudden, everyone is let down. Or maybe they are let down. 
it's possible that most people are reasonable like me and they're not actually let down. But then the same hype media gets cranky, right? Will Game of Thrones finally reveal the Night King's identity? Fans still upset that the Night King identity is a mystery, even though it's not, right? And this is from the same outlet that was asking previously, who's the Night King, right? And they're saying, oh, well, it's not actually a mystery. I don't know why fans are so upset. Or another headline, Game of Thrones fans annoyed about not knowing Night King's identity, despite already knowing his backstory, right? Well, whose freaking fault is all this? If fans are cranky, if fans want to know who the Night King is, despite it being obvious who he is, whose fault is this? It's the same hype media that's now going, oh, well, stupid fans. How, you know, how do you not know this? Because it's it, because you were the one pulling up the question, right? Or like The Verge's headline, what's behind all this weird online thirst for the Night King? You are The Verge. You are behind all this weird online thirst for the Night King. Right. And so why do they do this? Why do they ask stupid questions about things that are easily falsifiable and then afterward keep stoking outrage that the easy falsifiable theory was not confirmed or elaborated on somehow? Xander, do you know why they do this? Um, uh, money, money. Yeah, I think yes. it's money because idiots like me click these links, right? And I'm sure there are idiots who didn't click them because they're like, this is stupid. But I clicked them because I thought this is stupid. But I clicked them. And guess what? Every time I click them, they get paid by advertisers. And so all of those darn headlines worked. They got what they wanted out of it, which is idiots like me clicking all this stuff. And yeah, and they made money. And so why are we bringing this up? Well, does this happen in political media? Does this happen in places outside of raw fiction? And, of course, absolutely it does. Xander, I want to take a trip down memory lane with you. Right. you. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So remember when people were wondering where President Barack Obama's birth certificate was, even though you could at any point during this alleged controversy Google Obama birth certificate and get a PDF copy of it trivially? Yeah, I've tried to forget, but Yes. Yes. So here we go. The Obama, you know, who is Barack Obama? Is he, in fact, a Kenyan Muslim here to bring Islam, you know, the, the dark night of Islam to Westeros? I mean, America. No, it's all laid out for you in season five of Game of White House. Right. We, we get the flashback. There's the flashback of Obama being born in a hospital in Hawaii. Right. Probably not with dragon glass, but it's all right there laid out for you. And, you know, even though it's all laid out there, people kept pulling up, you know, people kept asking the question, ooh, is Obama really an American? And why did they do that, Xander? Because people are going to click on the links and someone will make money off it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is Trump hyped this up a lot of the time, a lot of times as well. The whole Obama being a foreign-born Muslim, and then afterwards claimed to have put the issue to rest himself and then subsequently blamed the Clinton campaign for the controversy. And so, why would he do that? Likes and tweets? I, that one actually might not have been for money per se, but for access to political power, right? Which a lot right. of the times are pretty closely tied. But, I mean, it's sensational, and it got people's attention, and probably some people wanted to keep believing a story they heard at one point. So every little bit of incremental information they got that supported their prior was, you know, click worthy. It got a lot of likes and tweets. 
and clicks. And even though it was total BS, it was hyped over all different, you know, sorts of media outlets that wanted to say plugged into this alleged controversy. Right. And just to be fair to everyone, I've got an example from the left as well that I that I thought of off the top of my head 10 minutes ago as we were putting this together. So there was this controversy of the seven banned words or the seven forbidden words at the CDC. It was stuff like transgender and fetus and vulnerable and man, you know, how like just just what good juicy, super juicy clickbait it is to get a left-wing audience to just go berserk when you have, ah, yes, the Trump administration bans the use of the word transgender and evidence-based in the CDC. Like, man, like, just so good, right? So CNN, for example, hyped up this idea of a word ban. Again, all this stuff that we've got, it's all linked in the show notes, so you, you can go check it for yourself. So... On the 16th of December, 2017, CNN is all about how the Trump administration, bad orange man, bans all these words that are like, you know, all all about these vulnerable people that probably the Trump administration wants to, you know, put in prisons for being different. And then less than a month later, the 1st of January, 2018, CNN suddenly comes out riding as a knight in shining armor to put the word ban, quote, controversy to rest. Yeah, you heard that right. First, CNN published an article about a CDC ban, link on our website, a ban on these seven words, diversity, fetus, transgender, vulnerable, entitlement, science-based, and evidence-based. Oh, yeah, diversity. That's the best one. No diversity here. Can't have that. It's illegal now to have diversity. Yeah, there will be no ecological diversity in whatever. Anyways, the point is this article from December 2017 by CNN did not say, you know, oh, there was this circumstance where, you know, people in the CDC were suggesting that scientists don't include these words in their grants because it might not be super helpful in the application process. No, CNN said there was a ban on these words. Then... A month later, in January 2018, CNN published another article called The Truth About Those Seven Words Banned at the CDC, where it discusses that there really wasn't a ban. And here's a juicy quote from from the article. Uh, It starts off with this paragraph. It says, media reports last month that the Trump administration banned officials at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, from using seven words. This may have been overstated, according to a government document obtained by CNN and interviews with two officials. The media reports, hmm? Media reports. Media reports claim there is a ban. Which media was this? It was you. It was you, CNN. You claimed this. You made this a controversy. Why didn't CNN just start the report by saying, hey, last month we reported on this thing that turned out to not be true? Because, you know, Eric, you know who I trust on average more than people than I don't? People who own up there to their mistakes and say, hey, sorry, my bad. We made a mistake, Uh, you know, because everyone makes mistakes in their lives. It is impossible to be an infallible source of of truth and knowledge and wisdom in the world. So the best you can do is own up when you make that inevitable mistake. But no, media reports. Yes. So we clicked. And uh, and we also bought a bunch of T-shirts. So I, of course, bum around Boston. So I saw a bunch of these T-shirts, 
with the seven words in rainbow colors, right? And and guess what? You know, people bought that because they were just so angry from this link that they clicked. So CNN made some money from it. But guess who else made a bunch of money off of it? These t-shirt companies. So you can still, I've got a link. You can still go buy the seven band words rainbow shirt and it's got a hashtag science not silence right it's like all it's all indignant and it's it probably probably the people who bought it are like yeah we're resisting we're super resisting and it was all poppycock right it was all garbage but cnn never made a retraction their article again linked it doesn't have a correction on it It, you know at the bottom of the article it does not say oops sorry this was actually all wrong because they made money on it. Like, why would they? And nobody's holding, you know, nobody holds them accountable. Nobody's nobody in like Trump space is holding Trump accountable for dozens of times lying about Obama's, you know, President Obama's place of birth. And nobody's holding CNN responsible or accountable for or nobody who reads CNN is holding them accountable for you know, just being straight up wrong about this alleged ban. And of course, the other side tries to hold them accountable, but nobody cares, right? Because that's, you know, the people who who want to poke holes at CNN, like, you know, j- just like on both sides, like they sit there waiting for someone to screw up or waiting for someone to lie. And they're like, ah, gotcha. You see? Right. And then they publish something that then also gets links, you know, or that also gets clicks, right? Like all of the right wing articles about how CNN blew it once again, and they hyped up some left wing hot button. Or the left wing media that talks about Trump lying once again, it gets their people to click stuff, but it doesn't fix anything. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I feel like if there's if there's one takeaway from this entire conversation that really kind of speaks to the reconsider ethos is that it's okay to be wrong. Like you're, who you are as a person is not somehow diminished if you make mistakes, especially in the world of like complex social policy issues, right? Like it is, I, I, this stuff is complicated. I had someone come to me the other day and ask me a question about something politics related and said, oh, you know, it's, I just probably don't know anything about this because I'm not very well read. And I kind of, I looked at the issue that she was curious about. I'm like, no, this is confusing because it's really complicated and confusing. And like, it's okay to stumble with not having the right answers and, revise your position on something and that doesn't make you like untrustworthy or unknowledgeable it makes you you know willing to seek the better answer despite having been wrong in the past and this is just kind of my take on it but it, it seems like this approach to knowledge in the political sphere is not particularly prevalent right now 
Like I always thought it'd be interesting the cnn talking heads for example or like the fox bobbleheads or whatever that come on and talk for five minutes bobbleheads Bobbleheads. you're reminding me you're reminding me of the expanse that's where i got it from (laughs) yeah you got it from christian avasara oh she's such a great character yeah oh she wasn't madam secretary at the time christian you you can't you can't call secretary general a bible bobblehead why not he's a fucking bobblehead (laughs) amazing but yeah because they come on these shows and talk for five minutes and, you know, they're introduced as these experts in X, Y, and Z. But occasionally, occasionally you will come across some source comparing what this one person said about a particular issue over time and several interviews and see that they were just like consistently wrong. And I think it would be great if you like had someone come on the show and then the little box appeared to the side of them and said predicted X, which turned out to be true, you know, in this case or turned out to not be true in that case. That'd be great. But I mean, basically... What this all amounts to is we have a shrinking attention span and companies are being rewarded for capturing whatever little bit of that shrinking attention span that they possibly can, because that's what makes money. And on this level, it's just a business. Companies are trying to make money. And there's nothing inherently wrong with making a profit. Some people will probably argue with me about that. I don't think there's anything wrong with companies making a profit. It's how companies are sustainable and they stick around in the long term. But sometimes... The sum total of incentives for a particular industry generates less than ideal outcomes, not just in terms of profitability, but profitability plus other things, right? So like when an organization that is supposed to cover political news in order to inform simply attempts to maximize the amount of time that you're spending clicking or looking at some sensational title in order to drive profits is not informing, right? And perhaps not so surprisingly, being informed and spending this amount of time looking at something, they they just don't always line up. So we're seeing a divergence between what content companies are being incentivized to create versus what their purportedly, their their raison d'etre actually is, right? It's good French. It's really nice, but thanks. (laughs) Well, I always said raison d'etre, which clearly is less correct. Je ne ne peux pas uh, le français très bien. Uh, Désolé. That's all I got. I learned uh, enough French see. so that yeah. when I went to France, I could apologize for not speaking French, and that's all I could do in French. Yeah, je suis désolé, je n'ai parlé pas français. Exactly. So, what does all this mean for for you and all of us, and me who likes to click clickbaity titles about Game of Thrones? Well, you and we and I all have you know these limited attention spans when we're looking at news, and what we need to learn from this is a little bit of how our own brain works, right? So when we're scrolling through news on the train, you know, we're on our, our Google News feed, which, which caters to what we've clicked in the past, what's happening is that the quick reacting instinctual brain is what's at work. It's not our rational long-term, you know, plan stuff out brain. It's, it's the quick thinking thing, right? We're mostly reading news to be entertained. And, you know, that might be a controversial statement. But if you think about it, most of the time, you're not reading news to, like, inform how you're going to make a decision anytime soon. You're reading news just because you want to know what's going on. It's It's a form of being entertained. And so this is why clickbait works. We're in a we're in a kind of soft minded state where we're just looking to absorb 
And the decision to click something or not click something is done in a quarter of a second as we're scrolling. And so guess what? You know, media companies know this. And so they have experimented and worked for years to design headlines and articles that are going to get you to click them. And boring stuff doesn't get you to click it. So for example, if Fox News published, hey, everyone, Obama's birth certificate is clearly easily available, chill out, that wouldn't get clicked. Or, hey, everyone, the seven banned words of the CDC thing is super not that, like, you can chill out, it's totally fine, doesn't get clicked. Or perhaps, hey, everyone, the identity of the Night King is not a mystery, it's been revealed in season five, please chill out, also will not get you to click. Right. So and and these headlines exist. If you go look for them, they totally exist. But you scroll by them. You don't click them as much. So these companies don't make as much money. And those articles don't get as much interest. They don't get as many shares. And therefore, they don't bubble up for you. So there's a strong selection bias to present you repeatedly with the clickbaity stuff and then for you to click it. And the spiral, you know, this downward spiral of bullshit is what comes out of it. And we can blame the media companies, these profit-driven media companies, but our brains are the root of the problem. There are companies who don't do this, and you're less likely to read them and click them, right? And so it's our brains that are at the root of this and how they work. It's why the incentive exists. And for us to be able to get past that, we have to at least recognize how it works. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's become almost trite to reference, quote-unquote, the media, the media does this or the media does that, right? Because in a way, every organization, every company that's publishing news about something is quote unquote, the media reconsider is the media. And it's, I feel like the phrase is almost losing a little bit of relevance, but when, when we say the media is incentivized to do this, we're really talking about a bigger, a deeper trend, which is there is so much information available right now. The, you know, on the plus side, the sum total of human knowledge since forever is available in your pocket for free. You know, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's kind of true. And the downside is that the human brain just can't filter through all of this information. There's just not enough hours in the day. Even if you tried, it'd be impossible. So that that filter is not always going to be designed to, you know, maximize being informed about one particular topic or another. People will have their attentions drawn towards something that's entertaining. So it's not just the media that is tricking us and lying uh, lying to us about believing all this stuff that's nonsense. It is the fact that we as consumers of information are very quickly having to adapt to a somewhat new world where we need to create these filters for ourselves in order to try to pull out the things that we find relevant and meaningful to our lives in what is just like a constant fire hose of information coming at us. And a lot of the times it will turn news into entertainment, right? Um, as Eric mentioned, and entertainment can take different forms. It can excite us. It can make us laugh. It can make us sad. It can make us angry. And the commonality here is all of these things appeal to some aspect of our emotional being, right? Emotions are inherently tied to entertainment, And they're inherently tied to politics. And as politics coverage becomes more and more tantamount to mere entertainment a lot of the times, emotions are going to play a really strong role, which is why these clickbaity titles about the Night King actually being Bran grab us because we're like, well, that's maybe that's bullshit, but maybe it's not. Maybe I really need to read this. Right. So I have to know. I have to know. Give me give me the confirm my bias. So our message to you, dear readers, is. You know, take, listeners, 
<laughs> dear, dear, readers, dear, <laughs> dear listeners, yes, the people, please, please make sure to not drive and read, reconsider while you're listening to us in the car. Take a few seconds. Take a few seconds to Google things. Sometimes it is that easy. You can just go to Google. Obama birth certificate. Yeah, exactly. And you will get a lot of nonsense and you'll also probably get the actual PDF of his birth certificate. And you can go, oh, okay, all of this other stuff vying for my, you know, hour or hour and a half of my day where I consume information about the world, saying that Obama is actually born in Kenya is nonsense. And I can disregard that and pay attention to more important things. And I think that's that's actually a very healthy snippet of, of information, which is a very small amount of research time into issues that you can care about can actually save you time in the long term because you'll you'll know what sort of stuff to filter out. So go to Google, go to Snopes, which if you're not familiar with Snopes, is a website that does a lot of the research for you in terms of trying to ferret out incorrect rumors that are floating around the interwebs. Go to PolitiFact. Go, go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a great source of information, especially if you're just like un, unfamiliar with a topic and trying to get some context so that you can dig into more specific sources. I love Wikipedia for that, especially if something seems a little odd or a little sensational or a little too good to be true, like you want it to be right. It might be because that author or that media outlet wrote it to appeal to your sense of urgency or deep passion about a subject, but it might not be right. Yeah. Speaking of passion, as you guys can tell, we're pretty passionate about this topic. It's something that that we think is a fundamental problem. It's also something we run into a lot because people often ask us, like, ooh, is X true? And, you know, usually the answer is I'm going to go to PolitiFact or Snopes or Wikipedia or something and, and find out because I'm not the source of truth. I just don't – I don't know everything. And a uh, dirty little secret about me, I actually don't read the news that much. I don't stay up to date on the latest thing. And it's intentional. It's to kind of keep me out of the spiral because like, you know, for example, with the Mueller report, like we've been saying over and over again, as people have asked us about it, you know, we'll find out. We don't know. We just don't know. And then part of the report came out. So we know some stuff. And and are we going to know more stuff later? Sure. So is it worth speculating? Is it worth going like, what is Mueller going to reveal next week? Like, no, it's not. It's a terrible waste of time. So mostly stay out of it and then find out about it later because I don't need to know, you know, two minutes after it was published what what's going on so that's like one of my approaches to avoiding this is actually just avoiding it but the other is you know i i do read the news and the other warning we have as you're perusing your news feeds is that you know sometimes titles actually don't accurately reflect the information in the article itself so in the case of you know in the case of you know which of these four people is the night king like that's actually what it's talking about but frequently it's the case there's actually a great subreddit on this, which is called saved you a click. And if you go to that subreddit, you'll, you'll see some great examples of how clickbait works, where the reason it's bait is that there's really not much good at the end. Right. So it'll be like, you know, it'll, it'll be stuff like, you know, is X true is outrageous X thing true. And like the article is a long way of saying no, <laughs> not really. It's not, <laughs> not really. Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes you do actually have to, you know, if, if, you see this this article that's like, is outrageous X thing true? Like often it's going to be like, no, it's not. And so it's actually worth reading it. And as you read it, you know, you know, the standard stuff, like look for sources, look for, 
you know, look for detail, look for places that you can confirm this. So whether, you know, so, so there's multiple layers here, like don't just judge the book by its cover, as it were, don't just draw a conclusion from the title. The title is designed to get you to click, especially if you're having a strong emotional reaction. So do actually read the article before you draw a conclusion from it. Don't feel like you need to read all these stupid articles, but certainly don't walk away with a conclusion based on the title. And then as you read the article, certainly don't walk away with a conclusion if it's kind of got these warning flags of like, hmm, you know, there's there's a suspicious lack of confirmation here. This is suspicious lack of outside evidence. And it, it you know, it feels it's it's triggering all those emotional things for me because that's what a lot of these are designed to do. So check and double check. And then, of course, like me, get angry when you find out at the end that the Night King is actually somehow Jon Snow. And, you know, the Night uh, King is this- Jon Snow. God. And, you know, all, all of all of my anti-speculation frustration has been wrong the whole time. And George R. R. Martin just hates me. So and and I want to throw out one more thing at the end here, which is, you know, Eric made you made a great point about speculation as a general waste of time. And I think that's true a lot of the times. And that's true for us, too. We will we will sometimes offer informed speculations. But as was the case with the Indian airstrike on the Pakistani jihadists training base, we went live really quickly and I offered the best interpretation I had at the time of what I thought happened. And then like a week later, we got more information. Turns out my speculation speculation was wrong and we had to issue a correction on the next episode. That happens. It happens to the best of everyone. So just be wary when people are presenting speculation as ground truth. Yep. Or when they're just asking a question. <laughs> I'm just asking a no. question, man. Is the well, 19 Jon Snow? I don't know. Yeah, is I don't know. Just asking a question. Yeah, exactly. So I hope you enjoyed. We hope very much to see you on Flick app. We'd love to. So over the next couple of weeks before our next episode, uh, we've got an exciting guest for the next episode. But over the next couple of weeks, love to talk with you guys about media generally, but, but Game of Thrones in specific. It's coming to an exciting conclusion. We can speculate on Flick. That's fine. And we also very much hope to see you at the Intelligent Speech Conference on June 29th in New York City. Again, links, all these links, tons of links on the show notes at reconsidermedia.com. So with that, dear listeners, don't let the pundits or the stupid hype media about Game of Thrones do the thinking for you. Pause and reconsider. This is Eric signing off. And this is Xander signing off. We'll see you next time. Stannis returning from the dead for King of the Seven Kingdoms. Let's do it. Boom. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.